Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two pickup trucks making love. American Listen up, Auto Thoughts and the Septiclowns. You're listening to Prime Cuts, a nonlinear history of the Transformers franchise on television. I'm one of your hosts, Audrey. I'm your other host, Nero. And it's time for us to wrap up our second season of the podcast by talking about our thoughts on the first season of Transformers Animated. It's true. So yeah, we, we finished season one of Transformers Animated. Uh, like it, it's interesting coming back to this because it's been a while since I rewatched animated, and what I the conclusion I've come to about animated is that I I still think it's quite good, but a lot of the stuff I associate with animated comes from the second and third seasons. Yeah, it, like this is something that's I think fairly consistent across Transformers media. Is that almost every show I've watched, I would say, has like a slow start, like a slow first season, and then it like really ramps up in the second season. And there's all this stuff that you remember going back to, and then it's like, yeah, no, that doesn't come until season two. And you're like, God damn it, really? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the 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 three-parter that this opens with is actually really good. Um... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's still a good season, It's just, but like all of the most... And again, it's it. This is not this is not isolated to animated. But trust me, when we talk about next season that we're going to do, it'll become very apparent there. But like, if it, regardless of the quality of the first seasons, and and they're generally good. I mean, the first season of Prime was great too. But like, most of the stuff people remember, the really notable stuff, doesn't happen in first season. Because the show has to find its footing to figure out where it's going to go, and I think right. This season, you can really see that they're trying to figure out what the show is, because a lot of these episodes are what we like to call Teen Titans episodes, where it's just like some guy shows up. Or if it's the 80s, they have to snort more coke. Yeah, exactly. They have to to, get there. Yeah. But so, like, the thing about this season that separates it from the other two seasons of Animated, I think... Is that this one doesn't necessarily have a super strong overarching plot? Like, there's, there's the only thing is Megatron trying to come back, which is pretty broad compared to the other two, um, as we'll see. So, a lot of the times you'd have these episodes that have little to nothing to do with anything else going on, and yeah. a lot of characters don't really seem to move forward because characters do develop and animated but not in this season really they're slow to change yeah or or they will change very quickly and then reverse yes. by the next episode yeah <laughs> you've learned nothing you cheated not only the game but also yourself because you know uh, so you know, just to discuss a couple of changes that will when we get when we eventually get around to season two, one thing that becomes very apparent is they stop using human villains so much. They're still like around and they pop up from time to time, 
but they aren't really as often an occurrence. Um, unfortunately, Henry Masterson will appear repeatedly, but... Yeah, Meltdown shows up again. Yes, he does. Yeah, he, he, I think he has one one more episode after yeah, this he season. Yeah, he has one more. And then there's like a big, fun team-up episode of all the villains, which is also very fun. Um, but not necessarily because of them, but because of a certain character associated with them. Right, yes. Um, but like that over, cause like, because of the, the, the way that like the Decepticons are not really a thing on earth, they kind of had to wing it for a while. And like you had your, your Dinobots and your Soundwave episodes to kind of introduce these, these notable names, but with the, uh, the dispersion of the AllSpark, a lot more stuff starts happening in season two with like new Cybertronian characters instead of just like a guy. Yeah, and I will say, I think of all the series post G1, animated was the most willing, which again, we don't get to see, see here, but we do see in later series. Uh, seasons uh animated was the most willing to really branch out and think about the original g1 characters and try to interpret them you see a lot of characters that don't show up in any other series thus far at least um even for very brief moments in in ways that are like recognizably them from g1 um but are still like fresh and new versions of them which was really actually quite nice to see yeah and I would also suggest to anyone who enjoyed their time with Animated, go out and find the AllSpark, AllSpark Almanacs, which were these, like, half data book, half behind-the-scenes sort of books that they published uh, towards the end of Animated. They're, they're chock-full of, like, basically every single background character you will ever see in this show has an entry in the AllSpark Almanac. They all have names. They all have lore. And it's all very, very cool. Um, and they're just they're just great books. And I recommend... I think there were three of them. There's one, two, and then the complete AllSpark Al- Almanac. So, but find we've those. Now, we've now spent a lot of time talking about future seasons. Um, so, let's talk about like our feelings on this one. That's true. I... I think that it like animated season one, like we said, it's good. It's got a lot of good episodes in it. It's got Along Came a Spider. It's got Thrill of the Hunt. Thrill of the Hunt is always one of the ones that's on the tip of everyone's lips when they're like, What where was where were you when animated became a good show? When when animated like broke the mold of what everyone thought it was gonna be. And I would argue the first premiere when Optimus uh, fell off a cliff and died. Um, <laughs> but Thrill of the Hunt proved that it was willing to, like, devote a lot more time to character stuff and not just Teen Titans funny action and Bumblebee antics. Um, on the other hand, you had episodes like Nanosec. The, yeah, listen, it's the shoes that make you old. The shoes that make you fast and then old. And like the, it's kind of it's kind of a half and half situation where I think half because there's there's like thirteen episodes in this season not counting the the three parter premiere, and so you have like half of them are are kind of this this more character driven 
fun stuff. And then the other half of it is like, well, this is a Teen Titans script that you have simply recycled. Or or was rejected from Teen Titans. Yeah, or was... <laughs> you haven't recycled it. You are using it for the first time, but that's because it didn't make it into Teen Titans. I all of those are fun, but it's not necessarily what I think of when I think of animated. Um, but I, you know, some highlights, like I said, Thrill of the Hunt. Uh, I really liked Lost and Found, actually. The the Blitzwing and Lugnut sort of debut. Yeah. Where they come to Earth. That episode's great. My feeling... So I have, like, kind of mixed feelings about it. But what what is interesting for me is that... So it took me a few times to actually really watch Animated the first time I did it. And I've only watched through it once. Um... I think I've... I'm trying to think if I've watched through any of the series more than once, actually. I think I watched season two of Prime twice. But most of these series I just... Like, I've watched selected episodes from many from many different series, particularly G1, um, <laughs> uh, many times. Because G1 is just like... G one is is the gift that keeps on giving. It's just so good. You want to see twenty four minutes of like poorly animated, unhinged bullshit? G one has you covered. But and like the thing about like really the thing about it is that it's like G one has the best like isolated episodes yeah you can just pop any right, any yeah. anyone like, on you and like can watch, you're set you can yeah exactly exactly so you know i i watched that but like it took me a good few times to get into animated now originally when i tried to watch animated i was coming again right off of watching prime and become I'm like mm. baby's got a new hyper fixation um so i was trying to consume like as much <laughs> as much media as i could um that uh would uh sate you sort of fill yeah yeah that would sort of like fill that new hole because i had a new hyperfixation. um so coming off of prime the first time i think i got through about five minutes before i was like i hate this yeah it's it's that's kind of like getting out of a sauna and jumping into an ice bath. They're so different tonally and visually. It's just like, what the fuck is this? And it wasn't the visuals I was fine with. I didn't have any issues with the anime uh, animation style, but I think I heard, (laughs) I think I heard David K (laughs) in this role (laughs) after Peter Cullen. (laughs) Right. And again, like Peter Cullen, I had been come, you know, as I sort of like headed into hyperfixation, it took me a while. I didn't like, I didn't, I mean, I went through Prime pretty quickly, quickly, but it took me a while to finish it. It's three seasons long, plus six seasons and a movie. Um, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> there, there's like a lot there. So it's not as though I went, got through Prime in a day. So as I was sort of falling into this hyperfixation, I was really going back to the roots and I was starting to watch G1 and I was getting that like reinforced Peter Cullen for that. So I got to this and I heard Optimus open his mouth and David Kay's voice come out of it. And I was like, absolutely not. Open those beautiful, luscious lips. And then I was like, 
was like, I mean, I remember, I, I definitely remember getting through, like, the opening meteor scene a few times. And I was like, I can't, I can't fucking stand this. Like, this is so bad. And then I think, and then I think I, we maybe, maybe the first time I got over to Decepticons and... It's really funny because I liked Chris Lotta's voice for Starscream. Um, and I totally understood why they they chose Tom Kenny um, to sort of replicate that that sort of sensibility, shall we say. But I heard Starscream open his mouth as well. And I was like, no, sorry, that's it. God, that's I can't. so funny. Like, I was like, I was like, after after Steve Bloom and like something about the combination of Steve Bloom and Chris Lotta and my memory of Armada. Right. <laughs> like, and and all of that. I heard Tom Kenny, and I was like, that's just Spongebob, and I can't do this. Sorry. Um, uh, so, I definitely didn't get into it that time. I tried again a little later on, because, first of all, there was, like, a, a gap for a few years. For many years, actually. Um, between that and... I would say Cyberverse of any halfway decent mm-hmm. Transformers uh, shows coming out. Um, so I tried again somewhere in there because I, you know, I kept seeing seeing good reviews, and I was very act- I started getting really active in the fandom, and there was still a lot of fan, uh, you know, fic and art being made for it. And I like, I think I got through like the I like gave it like the whole three parter, <laughs> and I was like, no, still not doing it for me. And then eventually, like, it was before Cyberverse came out, for sure, but, uh, you know, a few years ago, I finally, like, sat down and watched Animated, and I was like, oh, this is good, actually. I just needed it to be, like, removed, I think, from, like, yeah. that other experience. There's something about falling into a new hyperfixation, where it's like, this is, like, I want very specific content about this. Well, like, when you have- Like, you, at the like- onset- when Prime is the first one, you kind of yeah, had an expectation of, right. well, things will probably be pretty similar, right? And then you go to Animated and every single character is so drastically different that it just I, gives you whiplash. I mean, again, I think the issue was actually that Animated wasn't different enough mm. um, because I liked G1 back then. And if you want a difference between Prime and G- like Prime and something else, that's Transformers. G one's about as far away from it as you get. That's true, but it's also ancient. So like maybe Prime right. being more or Prime and animated being much closer together was like the, the yeah exactly. Point. Like that. That's what I think it is. Is that like animated was different, but not so different that it didn't feel like an entirely different species. Whereas right. G one did. Like G one may as well be a completely different show. It's wild. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So there's something about like again that like onset of a new hyperfixation where you're like, I want like this is this is pushing some sort of button in my brain, and I want something that's going to just continue to whack that hammer that button over and over again. And that wasn't like animated. Wasn't that right? <laughs> Um, so I, I just needed, like, the time to get away. But Animated's a good show. The first season's a good season. Um, it is still, um, I think Animated as a whole, I would say this, but particularly the first season, not my favorite show about Transformers, but 
sort of separated out from it being a Transformers show. It might be like my favorite cartoon, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's just a it's just a good time. It's got yeah, that like, it's got that late two thousands flavor on it. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah. And you know, for me, like being a little bit older, that's sort of like a sweet spot for me. The Teen Titans, um, American Dragon, uh, Ben Ten era of cartoons. Right. I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the characters uh, here, and specifically, I want to talk about a character who I forgot how much I liked this incarnation of him. I kind of love animated Megatron. Like, we've seen two Megatron, we've seen two other Megatrons, and over the course of this podcast, obviously, we have we have David Kay's Armada Megatron, who is I I do love dearly with all my heart because he's just so fucking funny. Um, but as a character, he's kind of an incompetent buffoon. Um, then we have Prime Megatron, who is like very, very, the most threatening Megatron in terms of just, he's one, he's very sharp Two, his voice. (laughs) Very growly, very gravelly, but not you know not not sort of the screech of a uh, G one Megatron. But I really like Frank Welker, the cooler Frank Welker. Uh huh, exactly. But I really like C- Corey Burton's interpretation of Megatron. He's very subdued and like sophisticated and kind of menacing. And that's not a combination of things most Megatrons normally get to be. Most Megatrons are big and bombastic and, and kind of goofy. But animated Megatron has like... He's, he's thinking about stuff a lot, which is good because he spends most of his time in this season as a disembodied head. So he can't, he can't really do much else. Yeah, no, I would say that he is definitely like one of the most if not the most interesting interpretations of Megatron that we see across the franchise. Well, he's cool. Um I also, you know, I I do really like the sort of greener Optimus we have in this in the show. I really did like the stuff at the end where he is just he's not built for fucking leading an army yet he's getting mad at all of his fucking subordinates and like saying all the wrong shit all the time and pissing everybody off yeah i like that because you know most optimuses are are very the the only other one who really kind of has that energy is optimus primal in uh beast wars because he's also (laughs) like a guy, he's like a fucking research scientist who's suddenly in the Beast Wars now, and he has Rat Trap on his ship. And so he, he's dealing with it, you know, as well as he can be expected mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, sometimes you just gotta tell Rat Trap to shut the fuck up. And you're morally right for it. No, no jury would convict you. No. Um, yeah. 
It's, yeah, I mean, I, I will say, so I never watched Beast Machines. I did watch Beast Wars, but that was also a long time ago, mm-hmm. and I did not particularly like it. Um, it's an acquired taste. Yeah. <laughs> so I certainly have not returned to it. I'm going to, it's going to be interesting to return to it, which I think will be probably not too long mm-hmm. from now, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah, it is definitely like interesting. Uh, animated definitely has one of the most fallible optimuses mm-hmm. out uh, there. I always like a good fallible hero, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just you know, everyone else. Uh, they they are they are these like very fun incarnation of these characters. This is kind of the inception of Grumpy Ratchet, right? Like this would inform a lot of his characterization going forward and in other uh, aspects of the franchise. It's like, what if he was old and grumpy? It's like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And actually, on that note, do you want to switch over to... Are there any other characters that you want to talk about? No, I think I, I like the cast generally good enough. Uh, yeah. But those are, those are kind of the three that I really wanted to shout out. I was like, I really like these incarnations. Yeah, I will say the one thing I will shout out before I think we should switch over to some of the questions that we have for the season um, are uh, is just Black Arachnia. Yeah, of including including the idea the whoever decided to include Black Arachnia in this season deserves an award for like a number of reasons. One, she's just like a really good character, but the idea of bringing someone from Beast Wars, right. Into into something that had nothing to do with Beast Wars it was an inspired decision. It's like and, animated is in many ways kind of a mishmash of a bunch of different things. Obviously, there's a lot of G1 inspired uh, designs and characterizations, but also with the AllSpark and stuff, and, and with the general cast, it's a lot also very live action movie oriented. Then you got Black Arachnia there. There's gonna be some other characters show up later that you know it's it's all it's all like it's the greatest hits. Yeah. So anyway, that that is all I will say about that is that that was a great choice and I, I really appreciated it. That's right. So yeah, I think it's time to hit hit these questions or for our, our season one wrap up here, starting of course with our animated you know what time it is. It's time for the TutorBot model 842069 Memorial Awards for doing a bad job. All right, here we this go. Is, I love I love that our server has running jokes. Thank you all. Like, it's so this makes, good. This makes doing this podcast so much fun. Um, I am honestly always impressed that she manages to come up with like a new funny... A new cringe fail name. son. Yeah, so... Here are your categories. Worst Teen Titan-ass villain, dumbest use of the key, and the robot who screams a word for most pointless Sumdac invention. And those are the only awards, don't worry about it. <laughs> so, worst Teen Titan-ass villain... Angry Archer. Yeah, it's Angry Archer. Sorry, Aaron. The guy you, the, the guy they named after you sucks ass. It's either him or Professor Princess. Yeah, I mean, uh, Angry Archer just does less. That's true. His gimmick is worse. 
His gimmick is work and he does less. Uh, I, I'm, I'm giving it to Angry Archer. Congratulations, Angry Archer, and I get the fuck out of here. Uh, dumbest use of the key. Boo, we hate your pussy. Dumbest use of the key. There were so many. Uh, the spiders. This, yeah, tr- triggering Optimus' arachnophobia? Yes. Yeah, it's Absolutely. the spiders. Uh, it's either that or, like, I mean, l- repeatedly boosting sine wave is pretty dumb, but I guess she was repeatedly encouraged to do it by Megatron, so, you know, it's okay. It's all right. Uh, and the robot who screams a word for most pointless Sumdak adventure. The thing about Sumdak, right, uh, not all of his inventions are too terribly pointless. They're just all stupid. What, let's think about some of the robots we've seen over the course, right? So there's like... Um, the one that fucked, his, <laughs> fucked Fanzone's wife. Yeah, whatever whatever that one is. <laughs> whatever that one is. Um, yeah, I mean, right, exactly. Like, they all have points. It's just like, A, are they necessary? And do are, uh, B, are they functional? Yeah, B, do they explode frequently? And the answer is often yes. Or do they, like, you know, splatter mayonnaise all over your... <laughs> I, you know, I, I think it's the reception bot. Why? Just... What? Hey, listen. She had a hate crime done to her. That's true. I'm going to give her the pass. But you just put a human lady there. I don't understand. So a human lady can get melted? Look, Is that I guess, you know, I guess that's true. Is that what you wanted to happen? I guess I that's true. I just want to clarify here. No, you're right. You're right. Maybe it's better that the... Ro- maybe that's why... He has the robot there. There are too many fucking supervillains trying to attack him. He doesn't want anyone getting caught in the crossfire. I think we've cracked it. There we go. Um, well, what a short list of categories. I guess I'll see you now. Oh, shit. A small child holding a key is running up to the stage and has put it in the Cybertroning category maker. And now it's become. Hello and welcome to the Sorry Sumdeck Awards for doing whatever the fuck I feel like. <laughs> Present nominees for the following categories. Best usage of Optimus's cum cannon. Top three Tutorbot moments. Strangest episode plot. Coolest Dinobot whose name is in Grimlock. Well, congratulations, Swoop, on winning that one. Yeah, I don't exactly. think there's any, there's any real um, competition. Sorry, Snarl, but you kind of look like a... I don't know what you look like. Most competent... He, his slug looks like a box. Most competent Starscream moment. And random appliance, we'd want to supercharge with the key that no longer exists. Now, the key does exist. It's just the AllSpark doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> um, best usage of Optimus' cum cannon was giving... Giving Starscream a facial. Giving Starscream a facial. And then coming on his feet. Don't forget that part. I um, know what they like. Top three TutorBot moments. Uh, how many times did he explode? Uh, I, I liked his cool it's, dancing listen. in the Soundwave episode. <laughs> A very similar, my my answer is a very similar to the canon montage of another character's death. Uh-huh. Just, <laughs> That's, just a, I mean, we know it's Starscream, we've already talked about it. Just it, set Tutorbot exploding to the 1812 Overture, and there there it is. There's your top three Tutorbot uh, I was moments. Do, I, was, I was going more in the arms of an angel. God. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, his dancing was pretty cool. Uh, he knows a lot about dinosaurs and all of the explosions. All of the times he got killed. Strangest episode plot. There aren't really a lot of, like, super weird ones this season. Most of them were pretty, pretty.
pretty pretty on the level. I guess Meltdown. Yeah, Meltdown. You know, Meltdown's just a weird guy in general. Just like conceptually, that's a weird plot. It is. But honestly, both Meltdown episodes of the seasons were kind of fucking weird. Yeah. It's just like, it has nothing to do with anything. And like, in this particular universe, because it's not like DC, like we talk about them being Teen Titan episodes, but it's not Teen Titans. So they feel weird. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, weird guy. He just anytime he gets involved, things just start getting really weird. Um, we already named Swoop as the coolest out He was in Grimlock. Most competent Starscream moment. I would say the first episode, him yeah. strapping that bomb to uh, Megatron's back. He blew up Megatron. You know, can't uh, can't take that away from him. And random appliance, I would want to super. You can take so much away from him, including his life, (laughs) including his entire being. Maybe you can't take that away from him. Actually, yeah, actually, that's the one. The one thing you can't take away from him. Uh, Random appliance, I would want to supercharge with the key. Air fryer. I want. I want to see what happens. Jesus, dude. Um, what would I, mm. that's an interesting one. What would, what would I supercharge, um, of my vacuum cleaner? That could have consequences. It could, but one of the consequences might be, now hear me out. One of the consequences might be that. I get an automated vacuum cleaner. I don't have to clean shit anymore. That's true. Mm, you know, I think you know. I think you're right. The risks, the risks, the reward outweighs outweighs the risk. Uh, from Black Arachne, love blo- love bot, who asks, "Hey Nira, have you read Nona yet?" I have, and she also asks, "What you think of it?" And I will brief Nona the ninth corner here. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything. I did. I did like it. Um, I think maybe as a result of the fact that I read the last uh, eighth of it all at one all at one sitting at like four a.m. I was a little confused by the ending, but once again, that might have been the the four a.m. thing. However, the the ending is also kind of wet and wild with it, so I don't know. It. I think the thing about Noda is. That's very fascinating is that it is a book that was not planned to exist. The Locked Tomb series was originally a trilogy. And then while Tamsin Muir was writing it, she realized that the third book was getting really long. And that she had a lot of ground to cover. And so she just kind of split it off into Nona. Um, and for better and worse, it kind of feels like that. It kind of feels like a book that is meant to kind of build up to something. Like the end, the it it really felt as though the end of Nona is a is a great lead in for Electo the Ninth. Um, however you may take that, uh, but I liked it a lot. 
Uh, it's 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 Hera the Ninth is still my favorite book, but this one this one was a lot of fun. So that's what I thought about Nona. And you all, you, everyone should read the Lock Tomb series. It's good. Uh, also from Black Rack, I love Blot. When you saw the season for the first time, where did you think Sari's character was going? Uh, not the way it went. I can tell you that. <laughs> I was also <laughs> nine or something, though. So who knows? I didn't. I wasn't thinking. God, we're so bad about spoilers. Look, we haven't said anything yet. Uh huh. We've sort of we've made an outline of something that uh-huh. people can guess about, but we haven't directly said it, which means we haven't technically spoiled it yet. We've simply sort of gestured at it repeatedly mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah. For yeah. sure, for sure, for sure. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. But actually, Sari is... An, I, I was going to bring Sari up as another character who, like... As a result of her dad getting kidnapped in the season, I think she's a much stronger character going forward into season two and three. Because her character in the first season doesn't really have stakes in much of anything. And she never really changes at all until the end. Um, and I think that the addition of, of this plot with her dad being kidnapped by Megatron helped kind of ground her character in something where it could actually advance. Instead of just yeah. like human sidekick. Um, because like she doesn't really have... She just hangs out with Bumblebee all day and does dumb shit and uh, well, facilitates ep- episode plots for the most part. Her getting, I do feel like her getting chosen by yeah. the AllSpark is fairly significant in terms of building her her character. Right, but I think one of the things about that is that that is a thing that that is very relevant in the the premiere and the finale, but it's not necessarily something that gets super focused on in between like characters will bring it up and it's like hey you were chosen by the Allsburg. you shouldn't use the key to i don't know make smoothies or whatever um but like as as an aspect of her character it's not necessarily because that will come up much later um and and then season two and three but in between she's kind of like i don't know they, they were trying to figure out what they wanted her to do with her i think and they get there, they do. But um but yeah, I didn't I didn't know where she was going when I first saw this. Are you kidding me? Right. Um Black Racking Lovebot also asks, if you had to put one of the series Cybertronians into a combiner team, who in which team hard mode not prowl with the Constructicons? This prowl would not get along with the Constructicons. No. Um I would probably do bulkhead. Ooh. You know it's fucked up. It's fucked up that there's no record gestalt. I think there is one somewhere out there, but like it's never been. There's no record gestalt that anyone cares about, and as it's, far as I'm yeah. concerned, that means that there's no record gestalt. I think it was like a fucking toy exclusive somewhere, <laughs> but like there's no fiction about it, and I think it was all repaints anyway. <laughs> so you know, but yeah, I mean, I I do think. <sighs> I mean, maybe this is just me thinking about Prime, but I do think that Bulkhead could probably get into Menasaur pretty well. Maybe. 
The Stunticons are in anime. They do all have toys. Yeah. Mm. Uh, switch out, breakdown. There we go. He can be the... Well, I think Bulkhead would probably have to be the chest, right? Like... I don't know. But yeah, I like the idea of a rec- like a cross-continuity wrecker uh, combiner, but they get the wrong bulkhead. Here's here's what I really... My my dream for bulkhead in a combiner is that he himself turns into the wrecking ball. Yes. On the end of the... On the end of the arm. War, the worst job of any combiner. You get to be the thing we swing around and hit people with. I don't know. I feel like the legs always have a bad... Th- I mean, Ambulon. <laughs> 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 Alright, we're not going to talk about Ambulon right now. <laughs> Alright, let's talk about Poor Ambulon. Alas, poor Ambulon. I knew thee in two pieces. Um, so, yeah. What, what, what we got here? Uh, yeah, pr- put put Bulkhead in a Wrecking Combiner team as the, as the Wrecking Ball. That's our answer. Um, Comrade Q asks, "Uh oh, toy sales are flagging. Corporate demands you to kill off minimum one character now. Who gets the axe?" We can't say Bumblebee. He's too marketable. Probably Prowl. Yeah, probably Prowl. Get out of here. No one likes motorcycles. I love all the Autobots equally. Earlier that day, <laughs> I didn't care for Prowl. <laughs> How should we kill off said character, asks Robinus Prime. Um, motorcycle accident. A really bad motorcycle accident. Yeah. Or he gets, uh, mauled by a bear. I don't know, somehow. I don't know how that would happen, but, you know. He, uh, goes into anaphylactic shot from cat-related allergies. Damn. R.I.P. to Prowl. Get, whatever, get Jazz in here. Exactly. Cop. The cooler cop. <laughs> I Listen, I'm ACAB as the day is long, but uh, I do make an exception for Jazz. He's simply cool. He's simply really cool. Is he, is he a covert agent who's probably engaged in the most hideous torture that the Autobots are responsible for? Absolutely. But he's very cool is the other thing. Horn my Starscream asks, what are the SCP containment procedures for Megatron and Starscream respectively? For Starscream, it's just like, you just gotta There's kill him. There's nothing you can do. You gotta kill him over and over again. Or like you just gotta put him in a chamber and just shoot him every 30 seconds or whatever. You you literally just have to separate his head and put it in a cube. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Which? Which? Well, We'll see. We'll, we'll we'll get there. Literally, we're gonna we're gonna see it. Sorry, uh, it's not a spoiler anymore. You know, Megatron. I mean, you can't contain him in full form, but as a head, what you'd have to do is like, you have to make a cage out of his hand. Yeah, you have to isolate him entirely from any technology at all. Um, I guess you just got to put him in a big fucking Faraday cage. Um, uh, let him hang out there. Robinus Prime asks, how do you even classify Megatron, Starscream, or really any Cybertronian in the SCP setting to begin with? I mean, Megatron's God. Keter, right? Like, Okay, so first of all, back in my day, we only had three cl- classes Yeah, I, listen, of I don't know what the f- what's the new one fucking 
There's like Apotheon. At least there's at least five of them now. Look, all I there's look, two beyond Keter, which is like whatever. We don't need it. We don't need it. All we need is those three. Just those three. Ignoring the other two. I mean, I feel like they're both Keter. Yeah, right. Like they're they're fucking dangerous. Holy shit! There's seven classes now. That's simply too much. Safe Euclid Keter, Thaumiel, neutralize. Okay, neutralize. Neutralize. Apollyon and Archon. Shut up. It's too many SCPs. There's too many different people writing it. And at, at a certain point, it stopped becoming a, a platform where people could write, like, cool or interesting spooky stories. And instead, it's just a platform for you to write about your OCs. Which is fine. Okay. But it's not what it was built for. I am reading the descriptions, and I will give them that they are all at least, like, actually distinct. Yeah, what a, I mean, I Okay, ma- so we know we know safe Euclid and Keter. Yeah. Fine. Thaumiel are uh, specifically anomalies that a foundation uses to contain other SCPs. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Apollyon class SCPs are anom- anomalies that cannot be contained, are expected to breach containment imminently, or some other similar scenario. And Archons are anomalies that could theoretically be contained, but are best left uncontained for some reason. Okay, those are actually all, all more interesting than they sound because I yeah. just thought it was just it's like not a straight just increasing. Level. It, yeah, it's not just increasing levels of danger. It actually is like specific things. Fine, I will give you that. I still think there are too many SCPs. There's too many, but I will give you all that. Those are at least like well thought out distinctions and not just inc- like super saiyan two. yeah we're not we're not <laughs> this, this is a level further beyond euclid and this is super right. saiyan god super saiyan god right. yeah no so so i will grant you that scp foundation yeah uh yeah i feel like they're both keters yeah because you can you can you can contain them but they're also highly dangerous um especially megatron <laughs> that fusion cannon is no joke yeah, and one of the things that, like, again, I'm just reading the description now, is that uh, Keters are exceedingly difficult to contain consistently or reliably. Right. Uh, which I feel works very well for Starscream, uh-huh. regardless of how dangerous he is. And he, he is an animated very dangerous. Slipstream Sam asks, who has a big, dumb, novelty water bottle and why is it Ratchet? Yeah, Ratchet has that one... The, like, the huge one that's got, like, the encouragement written on it of, like, keep going. Super hydrated. I think Ratchet has a Margaritaville-branded water bottle. Yes. Oh, He's fuck. on boat time. He's on fucking island time. Yeah. Prowl has one of those, like, super serious, ultra-cooled fucking $300 water bottles. Yeah, it's like made painted Vanta black. Right. <laughs> like you can put water in there and it'll stay ice cold for fucking 45 days. Until the heat death of the universe, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what he rocks with. But yeah, Ratchet absolutely has like a gigantic uh, Margaritaville water bottle. It's got a parrot on it. He likes it. Stormcast, aka Tacklejacks, asks, uh-oh. Animated Optimus has accidentally been replaced with a random Optimus from another setting. Who would do you think would be the most interesting to have him switched with going either way? G1. God. <laughs> it's always got to be G1. G1. Yeah, G1 Optimus is very funny. My what? <laughs> yeah, my, my what? 
Uh, either that or Bayverse. Uh, the, the, my two answers for this are always either G1 or Bayverse, because either were so, so funny. funny. <laughs> One of them is like this fucking blue and red boy scout ass fucking 80s 80s cartoon here and then the other one is a bloodthirsty murder machine uh an optimist what about your your long and meaningful friendship with megatron my what what (laughs) that dude shot me in a factory what the fuck are you talking about oh word on (laughs) Hashtag who is Dion. Um, Daphnis asks, how grumpy of a ratchet is too grumpy? I think this ratchet is like... This is the upper limit. Upper limit of grumpy, yeah. Um, he is he is quite crotchety. I, and I think the only thing, honestly, the only thing that saves TFA ratchet from being over the line is that he actually just doesn't show up that much. And he's also like, or he shows up, but he doesn't like speak that much. Yeah, and also like when he is mean or grumpy, like there's always something else to soften it. Like you know, yeah, and like you know, he's been through some shit. Is the other thing that helps it along. It's like okay, I understand how you got here. I understand why you just don't want to deal with any of this bullshit. But uh, but I think that if he he had as many lines as like either Bumblebee or Bulkhead oh, or yeah. Optimus, it would just be like I'm like yeah, I'm, I'm out. Like there there is a point. Where someone with the characterization that this ratchet has, where enough, like, too much of that, e- even even at this sort of level, uh, just becomes, like, mean and unpleasant. Right. Um, so, I think that, like, that is very, I think that is very specific. Um, a very specific element to this, uh, which is that he just doesn't speak as much. Um, yeah, he he's the he's there. For, you know, he he says some some rude stuff or whatever. But often he's like kind of in the background. When he is for he when he is in the forefront, it's like a different thing. Like thrill of the hunt is is sort of him going through some shit. And he's not really being the like crotchety caustic asshole he usually is. Yeah, we we uh, get a you are excused for trauma. Mm-hmm. Um once. <laughs> and finally, our animated asks, are Spates Bridge maintenance workers unionized? Oh uh, clearly not. Yeah. I don't know. As someone who's a union leader in my own workplace, clearly not. I can't tell you how many breaches of not just their own personal uh CBA I would assume that they would have if they were union. Uh, but just the NLRB in general that have gone on here. Yeah. Plus, I feel like this Optimus is the kind of guy who who buys into anti-union propaganda because he's too much. He's too much of a naive idiot. Oh my god! You you know Sentinel Union busts. Oh yeah, like you know Sentinel Union. Ultra busts. Ma- Ultra Magnus like technically doesn't do it, but he definitely doesn't encourage unionization. But Sentinel though. Oh boy. Ultra Magnus cares about the letter of the law. And yeah. The law says that the labor has rights and labor has rights. Sentinel, on the other hand. This is a petty little bitch. Fucks. Fuck a Sentinel Prime. <laughs> That's a consistency between all universes. Fuck a Sentinel Prime. He's always an asshole. Um, just in, in wildly different ways. Sometimes he's just kind of a prick. Other times he's a raging Sometimes fascist. Sometimes he sets off. 
40, yeah, sometimes he sets off 40 million years of war. It's impossible to say. You know, which one's worse? It's a, who can who can tell? I mean, you know, TFA and also gets a little fashy, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so Focus that's that's it for questions Quote me here. On that shit. I'll put that on. Put that on your gravestone. Fuck a Sentinel Prime, but not like that. Um, well, it's your choice to where to guide us next, Audrey. Where I are mean, you taking you're... us? <laughs> If you're RC, uh, not RC, if you're Alita One. Oh boy. Oh boy, I can't, I can't, but why, why do we always go for the assholes and not nice guys like me? That was Optimus. Yeah. Actually, great, no. I'm... Great impression. <laughs> yeah, can you tell? I sounded exactly like David <laughs> K. Oh, jeez, hey guys, it's Transform and Roll Out. <laughs> you sound like Patrick Starr. <laughs> Whoops. Like. Whoops, I aimed for the wrong character. Yeah, you went for Bulkhead instead. <laughs> like a really sad Bulkhead. Alright, where are we going next? D- direct this, this train into oh, its next boy. station. Baby, it's my turn. My turn to pick. And if you haven't guessed at this point, we are going back, back, back to the beginning. It is G1 Season 1 Coming your way, 2022. The year uh, is 1984. <laughs> um, all right, let me talk about my choice for G1. Um, outside my own feelings about G1, which is that it is genuinely, possibly the funniest series of television I've ever watched. Um, season two specifically of course that we've talked about but like the entire thing is just like incredible it is such a critical thing to go back to the genesis of this franchise um and really it really recontextualized a a lot about what comes after it what has come in the next 40 years um and it's like it's again I think with G1, there's a very important distinction that we've made a little bit in the other shows that we have watched so far, but I think becomes particularly important here. The difference between good and enjoyable. Yes. G1's so much fun. It's It's so enjoyable. It is a terrible show. It is a pleasure to watch. It is amazing. Um, Yeah, like animated and prime. Those are good shows, and yes, they yeah. are also enjoyable, but you can't get the rickety, coke-fueled writing of G1 out of those shows. And you simply like, can't. It's, it's not just, but it's not just the writing, it's the animation, it's, it's, there's like an error every five seconds, it's gorgeous, like, it's the the voice work, and I know you don't like Frank Welker's Megatron in in G one, but like nobody sounds good. It sounds terrible. It's so bad. Chris Lotta, Peter Cullen, Frank Welker, a whole bunch of other people put all their entire pussies into those performances, and they suck. They're so, it's so like, the, and it's not their fault. It's the sound mixing. It's it's. It's the fact that it's 1984, but like the writing is terrible. The animation is awful. The voice acting 
tried their best, but what did they have to work with? And it is never more obvious than in G1 that the point is to sell toys. No one gives a shit about what's going on. Buy our fucking products, kids. It's so good. It's time to sell these fucking toys. Um, I mean... I could go on a spiel about the the creation of G1 or whatever, but, like, there's plenty of places you can read or watch that'll tell you how this thing got made. Like, it's one of the most well-documented uh, Transformer series creations, because, like, it was, it's the first one. Um, basically, some dudes from Hasbro went over to Japan and, and looked at Diaclone and said, hey, that's pretty cool, we should put that uh, on our shelves, too. And well, they specifically went over and they're like, hey, those are cool toys. We're going to take those toys yeah, and redistribute them. And but you don't. And they're like, but they were Gachapon toys. Right. So there were like there were some of the because like they took a wide. There were like a few lines. Right. Because there was Diaclone. Well, the, the ones that they the, the ones that actually gave them the idea. Yeah, actually, what was originally these Gachapon. The Diaclone the, came, came. Yeah, the ones that be, the ones that were like the, became the Bumblebee and Bumblebee size characters, like the the, the yeah. tiny cars. And that was that was what inspired the idea. Was they went over and they saw these Gachapon toys and they're like, "Hey, these rule." But uh, hey, we noticed you don't have any IP surrounding them. Mind if we swoosh right in here and create a multi million dollar IP off of these? Thank you. And they went to Marvel and and said, uh, "Hey, Bob Budiansky, can you write uh, stories and personalities and lore for all of these guys?" He said, "Yeah, I guess." And then he did. And then they went to the guy who created Macross, and they were like, "Hey, we need robot modes for these cars. Can you make those?" And he said, "Sure." And and that he did. <laughs> and then it's uh, G one got shat out, and it's. Uh, been it's in history ever since. It's um, I mean, look, we said that G the season two is where all the wild stuff happens, but that's not to discount anything that happens in season one. There's already some out of pocket nonsense that happens in season Here, one. The, here's the thing about G uh G one season two is where the episode plots get really whacked out. <laughs> yeah. But the individual moments of season one are still all baffling. Is Optimus Prime balling from season one? I forget if it is or not. I think it might be. I think Optimus Prime might be balling in season one. Out of uh, my way, man thing. I just... Season one... G1 is a treat. and Stupid Megatron, I'm balling. <laughs> I mean, season one is where the, the fucking amazing booby trap that actually catches boobies is from. So, like, you know. Yes. Which, again, is probably the single most well-known G1 Optimus line that isn't, like, pull my string and say I say something. Other, other than Autobots kind of. transform and roll out. Yeah, it's like. Well, that and, like, you know. Uh. Anything he says, any anything he says in the movie, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. A one shall rise, Megatron, Mr. Right, etc. Megatron must be stopped no matter the cost, and then cool music starts playing. Yeah, like G one's gonna the touch, etc. So, so the first season of G one, thirteen episodes, just like this one. Uh, so it's gonna be a little short. But hey, that you know that that'll and hey, G one is all on Tubi, and you can all. And it's probably also a bunch of other places too. You can. 
I swear to God, if you lift up the cushions of your couch, you will find a VHS tape of G1. They're all over the fucking place. And you, I demand, li- well, listen, not every, you don't got to watch along with every show. You need, to, you need to watch along with G1. You need to. Just, it is so much fun. Like, it is, it, I, I know that this, this, the description I offered of G1 probably does not actually sound very good. That's because it's not a good show. Um, but like, oh, like, I, I can't, there are a few things me- pieces of media that I consumed that I've enjoyed more than watching G1. It's just a, it's a treat all the way through. It's just it's like it, it really is so bad. It's good in in a, in a lot of ways. Just like like one of the other things about G1 that is like really a critical thing is that the cast is enormous. Oh, there's so many characters. The cast is enormous because the job was to sell toys. So they are just cranking these motherfuckers out. And it's like, there's, okay, I would say there's probably like 20 characters. In season one alone. Well, in in general, that there's, there's 20 characters who are like important that you really need to remember the names of. Of the, of the robots at least right and another five for the humans right so let's say there's like 25 characters right where it's like the top 10 autobots the top 10 decepticons there are a bunch of decepticons actually the guys who always show up in in other stuff right right. like the the names that stuck around yeah though again like the decepticons are a bit more complicated than the autobots because of the seekers um which I mean, they show up a bunch, but they they show up a bunch because they were just re- repaints, yeah. so they were really easy to make. Um, but for some reason, they didn't do that with the Autobots, which is really interesting. We're they didn't couple- even do it with Sunny inside. Yeah, they're different which is toys. Super weird. There are a couple of repaints, like Prowl and Blue Streak are repaints, and then, you know, Smokescreen. Right. They're all the same thing. Uh, Sideskins be like Sideswipe and Red Alert. Are repaints. Um, Cliff Jumper and Bumblebee. No, actually, they were different. They were different molds. Really? Yeah. There was like a fucked up hybrid mold that got made that everyone called Bumble Jumper for a while, but eventually it was named as Bumper. It's like an unofficial product. Like there's a whole there's a whole yeah. lot of weird shit that happened way back in the day. But yeah, like G one has a giant cast, and very often new like in, in between season one and two, literally like. 25 new characters show up without any explanation at all they're just there there's new toys they're here now they're just there they're just there don't worry about it like the the comic at least at the time had like a the barest excuse like oh uh they're soldiers and we downloaded their minds into these new bodies we built on earth the cartoon no they're just here now the cartoon ha- is like the biggest fuck you in the history of television writing. It really is. They they really didn't. They were so high. They were so coked out. It was the 80s. What else are you going to do except snort a bunch of coke and champagne? Write? Coke and champagne at once. You stir it in. <laughs> you stir the coke into the champagne. Yeah, no, that was I mean, that was the era of the coke and champagne diet. Have you not heard about that? It's not a thing I've necessarily heard of now, but it makes sense. It was it was uh, what everyone said supermodels in the eighties, the diet of supermodels in the eighties, right. Coke and champagne. But until night, so obviously we're all, we're on break next week, which will be when we are watching. Oh, we're not on break. 
We're serving a yeah, prison term. That is There's a, a yeah, difference. Well. Yeah, I guess it's not really we're a break. We're doing community service. We're community disservice because we're watching. <laughs> we are subjecting you all to Transformers or Into the Fallen. Yeah, we're, we're going to be there. We can't escape from it either. As much as I, I would like I to, could. as much as I, I like really... to put it, I would like to put it on, mute my computer, and and crawl into my bed and cry. I, I really can't. thought I was getting out of this one, folks. Tried to flee to Spain to escape the movie. I left the country to escape Revenge of the Fallen. No dice. No dice. It's egg time, baby. So, till yeah, next 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 Friday, and with a restream on either Saturday or Sunday, it's. Fucking Revenge of the Fallen, baby. It's uh, one of oh, the. Oh, actually, depending on when we do it. Oh, I won't be here for it. Uh huh. Ha ha. I mean, I'll if the I'll be there for the restream, but. It's bad. It's it's really bad, folks. It's the worst movie. I'm, I'm maybe I'm other than the last see, night. I'm going to see Film Red. Oh fuck! That's right. Film Red comes out. I might I might also be going to see Film Red at some point during that stretch of time. Yeah, so we'll see. we'll we'll have updates for you about. Yeah, we'll when, figure we'll figure it out when the stream will be. We will figure it out. Don't you worry. Because I have I have good movie to go to. Yeah, I would like of to see a good movie. movie instead of Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that'll be it. That'll be next week. So keep an eye out for that and uh, you know emotionally prepare yourself. By which I we guess. mean this week if you're listening to this on Sunday. That's right. Time. Uh, Time. And with that, we've been Prime Cuts. I'm Nier. You can follow me on Twitter at Dragon Smoocher. You can find my various other projects in various other places, such as my comprehensive Final Fantasy XIV companion podcast, Ready for Heidelin, at Heidelin Radio. I do that with my friend Jane, who I also did a She podcast with called Podcast of Power. That is at Podcast of Power. I am also on Disney Minus at Disney Minus Pod from time to time. Uh, what is the what is the next one we're doing? Hang on, let me let me let me check. I, I've I've already forgotten, but I believe. I guess you're not on that one, huh? Oh, uh, it's Fox and the Hound. That's why I forgot it because it's a forgettable movie. I like Fox and the Hound. It's sweet. I'm I've I've never actually seen it probably all the way through. Um, so yeah, that that, that we're doing that next one. So if you want to cry about dogs, uh, then. We gotcha. Perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. I'm Audrey. You can find me on Tumblr and Twitter at Optimum on Prime. That's my funny robot internet joke. You can also listen to the other podcast I do called Pot of Greed, which you can find on Twitter at Pot of Greed Cast. It's about Yu-Gi-Oh! And we are, again, in season four of GX. Um, you can also listen uh well not listen yet uh but keep your eyes out for a new project um that i will be uh releasing with a friend of mine um on the moonshot network uh so uh looking looking forward to sharing more details about that uh soon as uh as we figure out the announcement for that um you can find this this show and many others on the 
uh, Noise Space Network, which you can find at noisebase.xyz. Give them a listen. They're pretty good. And then you can also find this uh, podcast on Twitter at Prime Cuts Pod. And there in the URL section and also in the description of all our episodes, you can join our Discord. So you can join us to watch Revenge of the Fallen. You can't escape. Devastator's fat nuts. <laughs> Listen to me, young man. I am speaking directly into your ear. Um, yeah, no, if you want to wait like a couple weeks to join our Discord, I would not blame you. Um, but if you're already here, you have to watch it. That's the rules. But if you're already here, you have to watch it. That's the rules. <laughs> if I have to watch it, so do you. Wait, sorry. I have Twitter open and one of the trending tabs is Yugi. Like Yu-Gi-Oh, but without the O. What? I think the simulation is breaking down. I gotta I got get out of here. Yeah. Uh, so. Oh, so it is. Until huh. next time, I am going to uh, transform, be erroneously sized and colored and sort of shuffle off frame and then roll out. Um... I'm going to fall into a booby trap that actually catches boobies, transform, and roll out. Peach. Peach. The Transformers, more than meets the eye. Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. Transformers, robots in disguise. Transformers, more